Thanks for listening to FYI Stillwater, where you will hear information about your local government you didn't know you need to know straight from the source. Be sure to check out other news and information from the city of Stillwater at stillwater.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question for City Hall, email news at stillwater.org, and in the next podcast, we'll answer a few of them. FYI Stillwater is available on our website at stillwater.org, Spotify, and just about anywhere else you enjoy your podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Sherry Fletcher, Director of Marketing and Civic Engagement. Today, my co-host is Megan Kazak, Communications Coordinator. So how, what have you been working on today, Megan? Um, I've been working on a lot of things to get ready for our transportation town hall. So that actually will have probably passed by the time that this comes out. But we're always looking for input and people who are interested in learning about our all of our transportation projects and what's going on with, with uh, improvements to our infrastructure. So, yeah. Including uh, stormwater. Including stormwater. Um, so and we have a lot of... Uh, the fiscal year 2020 budget actually includes a stormwater master plan uh, right. funding. And then a lot of, I think we have a million dollars for street improvements. Right. And city council actually allocated $9 million for street improvements in fiscal year 19. Correct. The reallocated um, money. Reallocated the money. Right. So, yeah, so there's lots of things in motion for transportation. More to come on yeah. all of that. Mm-hmm. So who is our guest today, Megan? Well, today our guest is Brian Porter, who is the dispatch supervisor within the Stillwater Police Department. Um, so a little basic facts about the Stillwater Central Communication Division. They are responsible for answering all of the emergency 911 and non-emergency calls for service, including police, fire, and emergency medical assistance within the city of Stillwater. And they also provide fire dispatch services for Glencoe, Ripley, Ingalls, and Perkins. 911 dispatchers are often referred to as the first first responders on the scene of an emergency. The questions they ask, the decisions they make, and the pre-arrival instructions they provide all have a profound impact on the outcome of a call. That sounds like a very important job. Yes, absolutely. The first first responder. That is really insightful, I think. Yeah, I mean, you don't really think about it. I don't know if you've ever had to make a 911 call, but I have. I have. And uh-huh. it, it's, was, it was terrifying, quite honestly. Yeah, yeah. and my 911 responder absolutely walked me through everything right. and made me feel so safe and yeah so very thankful for that you bet well welcome brian to fyi stillwater thank you all right so i don't know if you've listened to our podcast yet but you know uh if you have you know we start with a lightning round where we ask you some random yet revealing <clears throat> questions so are you ready brian i'm ready all right what's the first question megan all right so brian maybe this is an easy question as a child what was the what did you want to be when you grew up wanted to be involved in any job that involved public safety police fire medical ems well how'd that work out for you well it worked out i've I've fortunately never had a job outside of public safety started my first uh, dispatching job when i was 17 in my hometown of yale and Dispatched at the university where I went to uh, college at Northeastern State University for four years. Came oh, back I went here. to Northeastern. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So, so how how was you so focused at a young age? I mean, what was there something that 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 drove you in this direction, or how how was you so sure? I had some relatives that were involved in public safety, but television shows at an early age, like Emergency, right. And, chips and 
you know, different um, Hill Street Blues, those type. Those those were uh, the the dramas of the day, and they did have an impact. I can definitely see that. I really could. Yeah. Right. Charlie's Angels. That that was that was a good one as well. (laughs) Yeah. Starsky and Hatch. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of of uh, TV shows, what book, movie, or maybe a TV show you've seen re- recently or read recently that you would recommend, and why would you recommend it? The Highwaymen with Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson. Yes. Yeah, they, they played the two uh, retired Texas Rangers that the Louisiana governor hired to basically hunt down and kill Bonnie and Clyde. Right. And so, so you obviously have a very focused life. I'm thinking that you have, you know, what you like, law and, and yeah, law and order, safety, and helping people. So, with the time era of Bonnie and Clyde and uh, public safety at that time appeal to you? Would that have been a yes and no? Yeah. Yes, no. The, just the lack of technology back then and training available to law enforcement back then would have made it a lot more challenging no doubt than today and and certainly communication pretty much consisted of two cans and a string back then compared to now and you know mm-hmm. all the technology that we have so yeah all right and our i think our last question for you is would you rather have the ability to teleport or the ability to fly teleport all right tell us more well, if I was on a 911 call and I was talking to an excited or hysterical caller and they weren't really able to give me all the information that I needed to process the call mm-hmm. and to relay accurate information to the responder, see, I could just teleport to the scene. Take care of business. Have a balcony yeah. approach, obtain the information for myself and teleport right back to the comm center. It would be awesome. You have the power of teleport and you're going to take care of public safety first. That yeah. is dedication. Sure. I'm thinking all sorts of things I could do with teleporting, and not a one of them was public safety. <laughs> well, I would use it for other things, too, yeah. probably. <laughs> do we want to go down that road? No. Okay. I told Joe I was going to keep these answers short and sweet. And, and he's going to stay out of trouble. Yes. All right. Well, I think we've learned that Brian is very focused, very dedicated public servant. Yes. And I have a feeling that he can take care of any situation we could possibly find ourselves in. Yes. So let's jump into the uh, the the interview itself. And it's interesting. Normally, I'm I start by asking people how your career path, but yours is so focused that even in our random questions, we we know your career path. Uh, so, what did you major in, in at Northeastern? Criminal justice. With I knew the law it. Enforcement yes. Emphasis. Yes. Very focused. Uh, so, um, so tell us something about what the day in the life of a nine one one operator is like. Well. Arrive at work and receive briefing from the, the shift that's uh, that's going off duty, and check emails. Just kind of brief ourselves on on what's happened since we worked last. Uh-huh. It's very important that we stay up on on things, um, be on the lookouts, officer safety type mm-hmm. issues. Right. So we brief, then we usually um, have breakfast in the comm center. We don't necessarily take breaks out mm-hmm. of the comm center, so uh-huh. we would. Usually I uh, get some breakfast and then about that time activity picks up around eight mm-hmm. o'clock. Officers start stopping a lot of cars, running school zones, right. bus stops, things like that. Mm-hmm. So activity picks up and then we just um, 
you know, wait on calls to come in. And sometimes, it, you know, we have days where it is actually slow, mm-hmm. quiet. And then other days from the time you sign into the console, 10 hours later, it's just nonstop action. So you, you serve a 10-hour shift? Yes. We work 10-hour shifts, four on, three off. Oh, okay. Um, so... So the chatter in um, the office, you hear everything going on in every officer who's in the car or you, so you would hear all of all of that? Yes. And we, we, we monitor and transmit on over 20 frequencies. Oh, okay. Two primary police frequencies for Stillwater Police Department. And then we have, uh, we can monitor Payne County Sheriff's Office, the Highway Patrol, OSU Police Department. And then the fire frequencies are abundant we have Mm -hmm. up to about eight different fire frequencies and ems frequencies that we transmit on so we have to listen to all those at all times and you know it's that's part of the multitasking piece of this job we call it i I can see so so how i guess i'm trying to figure out so you got all of this going on and then then a potential call could come in on another line Mm -hmm. so you're paying attention here and here and here and then all of a sudden something else takes precedence and you got to respond to that absolutely a big part of our job is is prioritization uh-huh. and multitasking and that's why this job isn't for everyone that's why right. it's hard for us to find people who can do this job and stick with it because there is so much multitasking mm-hmm. right or we may be talking on 911 on a phone in one ear administration line on the other phone while we're typing in a call for service and computer computer to dispatch talking on the radio just doing multiple things at once. It's probably exhausting when it's really busy, or is it just exhilarating? It's exhilarating while it's happening, but at the end of the day, quite honestly, often we're, we're quite drained at the yeah, end of the shift. I would think so. We're to get somewhere quiet and just chill. Kind of debrief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I understand that we do have a new 911 system. Can you tell me something about it? Yes. Yes. We, uh, we just installed a brand new countywide 911 system. We went live around the first of April. It's uh-huh. an amazing system. We we spent a lot of uh, a lot of time researching the best systems available on the market out there. Uh, did a lot of demos, and we wanted to get the best bang for our buck. And I think we certainly did. Our our new nine one one system is what's referred to in the industry as next generation nine one one compliant, and that um, it just has a lot of, of bells and whistles and different uh, features that allow us to better and more efficiently and quickly process emergency calls. Uh, so so does that include like um, using new technology like, like smartphones? Can, can people text you a question or do they have to call you? The system is capable of receiving text from 911, but that's not quite in place yet because we are waiting on coordination and response from all the cell phone providers. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay to provide us with that data, but we are totally ready to receive it. Mm. The system, we, t- we know that it works. We're just waiting on those pieces to fall into place. We do have a new feature. We're one of the first agencies in the state to implement, which is 911 to text. Mm-hmm. And that is if we receive a abandoned line call or a hang up call on 911 from a cellular phone, mm-hmm. with, with the push of a button, we can bring up a text screen and automatically send them a text message that says, this is the Stillwater Police Department. We received a 911 call from this cell phone. If you have an emergency, please try to 
redial 911. If not, you can reply to this text. And then we have uh, predetermined questions like, mm-hmm. you know, if they do reply, we'd say, where is your emergency? All the way down to suspect descriptions, suspect have, suspect have any weapons, injuries, because like that, that would probably be beneficial if you're in a situation where you can't talk. Yeah, or, you, or you're scared to talk. Yeah. And so you hang up the phone and the text comes through. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that happens more often than you would think. It really does. Wow. So right now, I mean, with the previous system, you would just see the number and a hang up and you would just go on with your, I mean, there's nothing to do. Right. But with, so did you say this is already implemented and, and we're using it or it's coming? No, it's implemented. The, the 911 to text is implemented. We're waiting on text to 911. Okay. Wow. But this system is, is fully integrated in that previously the 911 system was standalone. It did not communicate with our administration line phone or non-emergency phone. It didn't integrate with the radio system. Uh-huh. Now it's fully integrated. So with the use of one wireless headset, all dispatchers can answer administrative line calls, 911 calls, and talk on the radio all on one one wireless headset, Wow, which is great. That really that, frees up our hands yeah. and just kind of makes all that multitasking just a little bit easier. So have, have you had reason to use that feature yet? I, I'm, so, so if we had people text you and it, uh, not to get into a particular situation, but and it worked the way you expected, we have not had a live occurrence yet mm-hmm. where anyone replied to a text that we sent them. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's really interesting. But, but you, the fact that it's that, there. It, that it's there, we really need to get that word out a lot more into the public. So mm-hmm. that's that's really fascinating. Yeah. It could be potentially uh, just. I mean, it's just so beneficial in so many situations, I would think. Absolutely. We touched on this a little bit, but could you tell us, Brian, about the role of Stillwater 911 emergency communications just in general? Absolutely. You know, our, our primary goal is to to process calls and to receive calls from, from the public who are in need of, of public safety, whether it be police, fire, or medical, mm-hmm. and to quickly obtain all the information that we need in order to classify the call, you know, whether it be a larceny, burglary, mm-hmm. robbery, homicide, whatever the case may be, or as simple as a loud noise complaint or a barking dog. So we have to classify it, confirm the location, and then we determine what emergency responders need to be sent so we can rapidly send, send them. And then we also obtain additional information from the caller to relay to responders while they're en route to give them the best picture of what they're up against when they arrive. We're not an agency that says, you know, okay, where's your emergency? Okay, your house is being broken into. All right, what's your address? I want to confirm that. Okay, the police will be on the way. Bye, click. We're not that agency. Our people are highly trained to keep those callers on the line and to obtain as much information as quickly and efficiently as possible. That's our that's our primary goal. So so you're so as the first first responder, you really are already you're assessing the situation. You're you're assisting that person and trying to get them to a place of safety or whatever whatever they need. So you're really analyzing, as you said, without seeing what it is you need to see. Um, so on the texting, I mean, I would think I don't know the uh, uh, like Facebook Live or something. How, 
where they would actually allow you to, you could see what was going on. Would that be helpful or harmful to what you're doing? I think overall it would be helpful. And our system is capable of receiving like videos Mm -hmm. and even photos. The problem with that is, is it gets into retention and public, Mm -hmm. um, like public access to those type records and how we would maintain those and, and use them in an official capacity. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's on the way. And occasionally we do have people that, that text us photos of tag numbers uh-huh. or suspects. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen the photos with the tag numbers on Facebook. It's like this person's parked half, you know, in two mm-hmm. parking spaces, 911. <laughs> yeah. uh, if, someone, yeah. if, if someone's vehicle has been stolen, uh-huh. we often ask them to text us a photo of their, mm-hmm. of their um, vehicle. That way we can, send it out to all the units on the mm-hmm. street, get it in our shift change books, and we can even attach it to an NCIC entry. Mm-hmm. So a lot of technology is changing the way that you you do your business, I guess. Oh, absolutely. I've, yeah. seen, I've seen technology emerge tremendously in, in my 26 years at Stillwater PD. So what was it like day one? We Well, Stillwater, Stillwater Police Department has always been very um, advanced and technologically and personnel wise. And, and we were probably one of the first agencies in the state to have enhanced 911 and to have computer aided dispatch. So when I started in 1993, I'd never worked for an agency that wasn't just pen and paper, phone uh-huh. and radio. We, uh-huh. we actually had a computer aided dispatch mm-hmm. system, police teletype system, multiple radio frequencies, a voice recorder, 911 emerged tremendously over the years but initially it was uh it was just we got the name and the phone number and um so i think overall when i started in 93 we were in 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 decent shape compared to other agencies in the state and i would put us up against any agency in the state right now as far as equipment technology and certainly personnel now you do a lot with national 911 agencies right i do so what 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 all what uh, agencies and organizations are you involved with? I used to be heavily involved in, in all three organizations in the state of Oklahoma. Concerning 911, there was Oklahoma State Law Enforcement Communications Association, APCO, which is the Association of Public Safety Communications Officials, and NINA, which is the National Emergency Number Association. And through those associations and networking, I have attended every national APCO conference and every national NINA conference for about the past 15 years. So you're, you're a highly educated in this particular area. I would say you're probably considered one of the local, um, regional, if not national experts on, on 911. Um, so what have you learned over the years, uh, or what would you like for the public to know about, um, when they call or what to expect when they call? What what would be important for them to know? A few things. First of all, they need to understand that in an emergency situation when they call 911, that the dispatcher is trained to take control of that call mm-hmm. and to guide the caller into giving the information that we need in the order that we need it. A lot of the excited, hysterical caller often will become frustrated when we try to interrupt them, mm-hmm. when they're just trying to give us all this information. And if they're giving it to us hysterically and in a 
order that's not really useful or logical to us, mm. we, have, we have got to take control of that call and guide them into giving it to us like we need it. So they need to understand that we're not being rude. We're not being condescending or we don't mean to sound like that we are um, not wanting to help them. But realistically, they need to just be patient, try to relax, try to calm down. I know it's hard, but listen to the dispatcher and answer their questions as they ask them. I think that's the most important thing. They need to understand the the 911 call um, process. And we'll talk about this in a moment, I think, but also with emergency medical calls. They need to understand uh, how they are processed here in Stillwater, which is a little bit different from, from other places. Well, let's just go there right now because I was kind of curious because my 911 call Honestly, the only time I've ever called 911, my roommate was diabetic <clears throat> and she had went into a seizure. And I honestly didn't, I foaming at the mouth, uh, you know, rolling all over the place. I was afraid she's going to hurt herself. And it was before cell phones. So the phone was in another part of the building. She's mm-hmm. over there. I'm running back and forth. Um, and I mean, it was, mm-hmm. was scary. Yeah. Uh, so, um, <clears throat> so a medical call is different from, um, uh, maybe a public safety or a, a police procedure type one. It is. It's much. It's much different. And prior to LifeNet, the uh-huh. private ambulance service right. taking over ambulance service in Stillwater about six years ago or so. Mm-hmm. When we dispatched for Stillwater Fire Department, everything was direct dispatch. We took the information. We toned out the Stillwater Fire Department. We kept the caller on the line and gave them pre-arrival medical instructions, whether it be CPR or. Mm-hmm childbirth or um, whatever the case. Things changed when the ambulance service privatized in that LifeNet's central dispatch center is in Texarkana, Texas, where their their Mm -hmm. company's based. Right. And so when we receive a 911 call and we determine that it's medical in nature, we transfer that call to the LifeNet comm center in Texarkana, Texas, where they take over and dispatch their local ambulances Mm -hmm. and provide emergency medical dispatch pre-arrival instructions. Uh We stay on the line with with the caller, with LifeNet, to make sure that the location Mm geo-verifies because we're just a little bit um, more aware of local geography, especially more challenging um, locations. But once, once LifeNet takes over the call, then we normally disconnect and LifeNet, if they want Stillwater Fire and need Stillwater Fire for first response, if uh-huh. the call meets a certain priority level, we're electronically notified. Mm-hmm. It's called a web dispatch, and we get an alert from LifeNet saying first responders needed at this location and nature call. And at that point, we dispatch Stillwater Fire Department for medical first response because mm-hmm. all the all the engines are still manned by paramedics. Right. Each, each fire station here has paramedics, and so. We send them as first response only. They can't transport, but they can usually get to the scene up to probably three or four minutes sooner than LifeNet can at times. So do you take the calls just for Stillwater City Limits? Is that is that your response area? What about campus or county? Primarily Stillwater City Limits as far as landlines are concerned. Uh-huh. Same with OSU. OSU takes landlines from 744 numbers uh-huh. or campus right. numbers. We take wireless calls for all of city limits of Stillwater and the surrounding area. 911 
geotechnology is is great, but it's not 100% accurate. So we do occasionally uh, receive wireless 911 calls from as far west as as I-35 and as far east as you know the Yale Cushing area. So you it's would getting still better. take the call and and notify someone in Yale. No, if no. we if we determine that the the call is outside of our area, whether it be law enforcement, fire, medical, we we transfer that call to the appropriate agency. Okay. So it could go to Perry, Yale, Cushing, Guthrie, Payne County Sheriff's Office, mm-hmm. and we can with this new system, we have the capability of when we transfer that nine one one caller to that other agency, mm-hmm. they are receiving all the information that we received as far as their name telephone number, telco provider, their latitude and longitude mm-hmm. if they're calling from a cell phone. So they can just take that right over and receive that at their agency, which is very useful and different from mm-hmm. the previous system. So do you have a, um, I won't call it necessarily a favorite, but a what is one of your more memorable calls? That's tough. Memorable can be... Good or bad. Some of the, you know, the, the worst, hardest to deal with calls I've ever taken and maybe... Others would be success stories where um, several years ago I received a call from a, a young lady who was on like I-44 and she took a wrong turn, got on an exit and was uh, was going the wrong way and, and she called 911, landed in our center. I didn't have to keep her on the line and take the information, but I ended up doing it. Quite honestly, I thought from the sound of her voice and, and her speech that she may have been impaired. Uh-huh. So I kept her on the line and, and another agency south of here ended up intercepting her and helping her. And the next day I was in the comm center and, and I got a phone call. It was records. They said, someone's in the lobby for you. And I looked at the camera, this little girl standing up there and she had a cake and some balloons and uh-huh. I went up there and, uh, and I talked to her and, and she had been in a car accident Long, a few years ago and had to learn how to talk again. She had the scar on uh-huh, her. Right. And so she just thanked me over and over for keeping her on the line and, and helping her. And so mm-hmm. that was one of the more rewarding calls because she actually followed up and right. you know, mm-hmm. said thank you in a big way. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Very touching. Really yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about a really terrible one? I think suicide suicide calls oh. hit, hit home with me. Um they're, they're tough because the callers are so obviously so hysterical, so upset. Right. Worst day of their lives. So we're talking to them at the actual absolute worst moment of their entire lives when they found a loved one that's uh, that's killed themselves. And and those are hard. And mm-hmm. I find find that in all the dispatchers that I interact with uh, across the nation that that's, that's tough on, on that, most that's of on us, their, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so obviously you guys are probably a, a tight-knit group and that you do have to provide support for each other. Um, so so how many dispatchers does Stillwater have? We're budgeted for 15. And it's really hard to keep 15? It's it's hard to keep 15. We, mm-hmm. we hover at around 13, mm-hmm. 14 sometimes. Yeah. You know, Right now we have 14 completely trained mm-hmm. on their own on the schedule, which is, which That's is great. great. It yeah. really is. Uh-huh. And we have one opening. We have an, um, an, an employment offer out to a candidate that we anticipate will start first of August or so. That's awesome. So is there anything I didn't ask you that you would like to share or talk to the public directly? Well, it's some interesting 
stats okay. for for our our department is that we answer approximately sixteen hundred nine one one calls a month, which averages to about sixty per day. Oh my god! We answer about twenty five hundred non emergency calls per month, or about eighty five. You guys are per busy. Day. We dispatch approximately one hundred and twenty police calls for service a day. And we answer many, many more than that. And, of course, a lot of calls like accidents and things like that that happen out in public areas generate many more calls. But we actually dispatch officers to about 120 calls a day. And that's where they actually respond to a location that we dispatch them to to handle a situation. We dispatch about 450 fire or first response incidents a month or about 15 a day. And we conduct about 1,800 driver's license status checks per month so and that's the, when an officer stops the car so, yeah. and they and run the driver to make sure and they're you're valid like, and no they warrant doing? they're taking so, so long 1800 yeah. a month that's 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 quite a few that so those is. are just some some of the stats locally and of the 1600 911 calls about 80 percent of them are from cell phones wow fewer and fewer landline 911 calls are, are being made these days yeah I'm sure and i think true. landlines will be phased out by 2022. I think you're right. Wow. Yeah, that is amazing. Well, thank you so much for your service to Stillwater. I don't know how we would survive no, without you guys. You. Um, I mean, it, I think it's uh, like a very hard job, mm-hmm. you know, because you never know what you're going to have in front of you. I could just see, you know, it's like the training that goes in it. Uh, I would love for you to come back and tell more stories because I think there's so much we can learn from from you. So would uh, hopefully you would have time to come back and see us again. Absolutely. Anytime. Right. And we'll ask you some more random questions. <laughs> Your favorite part. <laughs> we'll come up That'd with some fun. new ones for you. I'll make my own. You'll make your yeah, own. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We're going to hold you to that. Some <laughs> or, random, or I could ask you all some random questions. No. Kind of random but revealing. Kind of like a, you know, yes. That's what I do is ask people questions I all day, every day. So. I actually had to be the interview guest for one thing, and I had to be asked my random but revealing questions. So. Yeah. But I'm sure there's more. <laughs> yeah. Well, you bring yours on set, and we want them very <laughs> revealing. I understand. We want to... <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Brian, and uh, we look forward to having you back. Thank you all. I appreciate this um, podcast thing. I think it's great to educate the public about what the city does. Absolutely. It's good stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Before we go, Megan, let's take a look at the mailbox. So the city receives questions in a lot of different formats, including email, social media, phone calls. Our first question comes from Abigail, who emailed us, and she wrote, I've been hearing about the 2020 census a lot, and I'm not sure where to find details. How will I know if I've been invited to respond? Well, that is a great question. I, I love the proactive uh proactive right going to get that information because this year the census is a little bit different yes it is going to be different so the the answer to that abigail is that most households will receive their census invitation in the mail and if you have a p.o box a census worker might actually come to drop it off and once you receive your invitation you can uh, respond online by phone or by mail 
And you're going to find a lot of information about the census already online at PaineCountyCensus.org. Right. Um, so there's going to be a lot more information coming about yeah. the census because we're really just now entering, I guess, what we could call uh, the census season. Uh, yes. So really starting in January is when everything gets kicked up for that uh, April 1st, which is kind of like the uh, it's called Census Day. It's mm-hmm. not the last day you can complete the census but that that's really what they're looking for is where are you living on april 1 yeah and those postcards again you won't really start getting them until 2020 yeah um but it's good to be prepared and reminding people that that to expect that in their mailbox and or if you know if you have a po box or you're not really sure you know if you have you Mm -hmm. don't have mail access and stuff. yeah we'll have a whole lot more we'll probably have a podcast on it yes probably all right right. let's go to question number two um this question comes from nick and he wrote on facebook he uh is asking about the Stillwater Regional Airport. Do you guys have security in your parking lot? I'm flying out tomorrow and wondering whether or not to leave my car there or leave the car at the house and take an Uber. Well, first off, thank you, Nick, for flying Stillwater Regional Airport. We love hearing that. Um, So we do have uh, security cameras in our parking lots, and there are regular police patrols. So your car is is safe to park there and it's free to park there. I know that's the best part of it is free parking. And if you're going to be gone for a while, even better. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I think like, I think it's great if you're like going to study abroad. Like I went and studied abroad for three weeks and, and left your car there. OSU. Well, I it was, oh, back it was when, before. before we had yeah. access. So I had to pay for three weeks of parking. I think it was over a hundred dollars. Yeah. And so, um, that would have worked out really, really well great, for you, wouldn't it? You know, so. Who is, you would have had more spending money while you was abroad. I know. Oh, well. All right. Well, those were great questions. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to FYI Stillwater. Tune in for our next podcast.